Let's pray real, uh, real quick. Um, Father, I just thank you for this today. I thank you for this opportunity, Father, to speak your word, Father. I pray, Lord, that through this word, Father, people will find, Father, Lord, some tools to fight the enemy, Father, that we can stand strong, Father, that we can take the ground that you've called us to take, Father. I bind every hindrance spirit in the name of Jesus Christ, Father, and we just loose the anointing power of your Holy Spirit to have his way in this church this morning. And we thank you, Father, for it. And we give you the praise in the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Praise your name. I want to talk to you this morning, guys, about some things the enemy uses to uh, stop our destiny. And the first thing that the enemy uses is words. Words in our life. Words are powerful. Words can change your life. Words, the Bible used the word of God to speak into someone's life that's messed up, to change their life, to bring a newness to their life. The enemy speaks words into people's life to tear them down. See, because words can tear you down or words can build you up. It depends on how you let them get into your spirit, deposit into your spirit, how you believe them. See, there's an old saying that says, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words can't hurt me. That was a lie from the devil because sticks and stones, they can break your bones and words can hurt you. That person didn't have an understanding of the spiritual impact of words spoken in your life when you take them into your spirit and you receive them. Words can hurt you. If you would re-say that, you'd say, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words can kill you. Because words can change your life. Words can change the destiny that God has for you if you take them in and you believe them in the wrong way. Words can change your future, your destiny. The Bible says in Proverbs 18, 21, the tongue has the power of life and death. And those who talk will have to eat their words. The message puts it this way. Words kill, words give life. They're either poison or they're fruit. You choose. You choose what you're going to speak out of your mouth. You choose what you're going to receive into your spirit when someone speaks to you. Because not every word you hear is from God, guys. Words have the power to speak life into us. and have the power to take life. What words are you going to speak today? What words are you going to listen to? Words can destroy God's purpose for your life, his plan for your life. God gave the children of Israel the promised land. He told them to go into the land, go spy it out, and, uh, and bring back fruit. And in Numbers 13, uh, 31, it says right here in the New King James, But the men who had gone out with him said, We are not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we are. And they gave the children of Israel a bad report of the land which they had spied out, saying, The land, though, which we have gone is in spies and land out, uh, the, the, spied out the land, um, it devours its inhabitants. And all the people who saw it are men of great stature. See, there was giants in the land. There were fortified cities in the land. But they were still going to have to go in the land. God gave them the land. It was already their land. But because they spoke words of doubt, guys. They spoke words of doubt to the children of Israel. And they listened to those words. And they received them. They began to murmur and complain. And they lost out on what God had them. They had to stay in the wilderness for 40 years until that whole uh, place of people that, that believed that report died out. And the Bible says even the uh, ten spies, not Caleb and Joshua, but the ten, died before the Lord of the plague because they brought the bad words. Words can change your life. See, guys, it's not the giants that will keep you from your promised land. It's the words you listen to. It's the words of doubt. It's the words of unbelief that you let get in your spirit because God's already given you the promised land. But if you listen to the words of the enemy, if you listen to the words of doubt, unbelief, he will steal everything that God has for you. 
Stop listening to the lies of the enemy that tells you that you're not good enough, you're not qualified enough, that you're not smart enough, that you don't have enough talent. Tell the devil he's a liar. Tell the devil, I'm blessed coming in. I'm blessed going out. If God be for me, who can be against me? Start declaring your promised land. Receive what God has for you. Don't let the words of people cause you to miss out on your promised land. Church, Israel missed out because they believed the wrong report. They missed out because they listened to the wrong words. They listened to the words of doubt and unbelief. They listened to the wrong people. They listened to the negative words of the spies. And they listened to the wrong report, the report of man, instead of the report of God that says, I've given you the land. What words are you listening to today, guys? What voices are you going to lend your ear to that you're going to listen to? Whose report are you going to believe this morning? Guys, that's why you need people of faith in your life to come around you and speak faith in your life, not doubt. Choose your uh, friends wisely. The the Israelites listened to the the, the crowd around them and the doubt. But when, when we go through things and situations in our life, we need to have people in our life that's going to speak positive words that you can get through this storm. God's called you. God's anointed you. God's appointed you. Hold on to what God has for you. The enemy will speak words of doubt to you to try to get you to disbelieve that God's got a promised land for you. But if God's spoken a word to you, believe it. If he told you your marriage is going to be okay, that your husband's going to get saved, that your family's going to get saved, believe what God has told you. Hold on to it. Trust God. God said he'll save your family. He'll save your family. Hold on to it. I remember my grandma Marlo, when she was young, the Lord told her she'd be faithful that she, he would save her whole household. And years went by, and she was in her late 70s, early 80s, before her last child gave his heart to the Lord. But she held on. She was faithful. She didn't doubt. She believed what God said, and God saved her son. See, the Bible says God, uh, God is not man that he should lie. If God's gave you a promise, you hold on to it, you stand firm on it, and you believe, you trust God. God gave children to Israel the promised land, but they were still giants in the lands, guys. They were still giants. They still had to go forth and possess it. They still had to take hold of it. When God speaks purpose and destiny in your life, guys, that means he has territory for you to take. And if you have to take that territory, guys, it means you're going to have to fight for it. You're going to have to hold on to it. You're going to have to take it. God's giving you land in the spirit, but it's up to you to possess it, to hold on to it, to take hold of it. The enemy doesn't want you to take any ground. He doesn't want you having anything that's good. Don't let unbelief and doubt rob you of your destiny. The Bible says in John 10, 10, the thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy. But Jesus said, I've come that you might have life and life more abundantly. As Christians, we're called to take ground. When we get up in the morning, when we go to our jobs, when we go to school, when we go out in the city, we're to bring the light of the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world, to people around us. We're to take ground for the kingdom of God, guys. Claim your ground. Claim your promised land. There's a lot of people here today that God's got calls and purpose on your life and the enemy's speaking words that keep you to stop stepping out. But step out. Believe what God has for you. Claim the promise that God has for you. Step out in that calling. Let him anoint you and touch your life because he's got a plan and a purpose for your life. Lots of people are laying in the graveyard today with unfulfilled potential and purpose and unclaimed property because they didn't believe what God said for their life. They listened to the words of the enemy, the words of people 
They let the words of doubt get in their life, get in their spirit, and destroy the purpose and plan and the destiny God had for their life. Are you going to listen to the words of the enemy that says that you can't claim the land? Are you going to listen to the words of God that says you can claim the land because I've given you the land? Whose words are you going to listen to, guys? The church will, the enemy will use anyone to speak to you a word of discouragement, whether it's a believer or a non-believer. See, Matthew, uh, Jesus told his disciples he was going to go up to Jerusalem and, and go before the council, and he was going to be crucified and be rose again in three days. And in Matthew 16 and 22, Peter didn't want anything to do with that. He said, uh, Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. Never, Lord, he said. This shall never happen to you. And Jesus turned to Peter, and he said, Get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me. You don't have in mind the things of God, but the things of man. See, because Peter loved Jesus, and he didn't want anything to happen to Jesus. But Peter, Peter's love for Christ wasn't in line for God's purpose and plan for Christ and mankind. That's why, guys, you got to know God. you got to know who you are in Christ. You have to know your plan and his purpose for your life. That way, when someone comes to you in good intentions and speaks a word to your life, you'll know whether it lines up with God's plan or purpose for your life, because not every word that comes to you is going to be a word from God. You have to know who you are in Christ and God's plan and purpose for your life. That way you can discern the words that's coming at you. Peter's love didn't line up with the purpose of Christ. That's why, guys, we have to filter every word we hear through the filter of the Holy Spirit. We can discern. People, people have words for you. Your family will have words for you. But your friend, and your friends will have words for you. But it doesn't mean those words will line up with God's will for your life. Our flesh will always speak words against the will of God. Because our fleshly man and our spiritual man, guys, are, they're at odds with one another. Romans 8 and 7 says this. He says, because the carnal man is an enemy against God. For it's not subject to the laws of God. Nor indeed can be. So then those who are in the flesh cannot please God. So you can't be in the flesh and speak in the spirit. you got to be in the spirit to speak in the spirit. So you need to discern when people come to you whether they're speaking words in the spirit or speaking words in the flesh because words have power, and if you listen to them, they can build your life or destroy your life. You need to recognize the voices of words that come at you, that you allow in your heart, that you allow in your head. Because they're not all from God. Satan spoke words of doubt to Jesus. And Matthew, Jesus, uh, the enemy said to Jesus three times the word, if you. And it was to get Jesus to doubt who he was and to distract him from his purpose. And the first one was in Matthew 4.3. It says, now when the tempter came to him, he said, if you are the son of God, command these stones to become bread. He was trying to get Jesus to doubt who he was, question his authority, if you're the son of God. Command these stones. But Jesus didn't have anything to do with it. He said, It is written, man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. You got to put the word back on the enemy. Then the second time in Matthew 4 5, the devil took him into the holy city on the pinnacle of the temple, and he said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, He shall give his angels charge over you. And in their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot. Again, trying to get Jesus to doubt who he is and his identity. If you're the Son of God, throw yourself down. The angels will keep charge over you. And again, Jesus put the word on him. It's also written, don't put the Lord your God to the test. And so the third time, the enemy changes his tactic. 
He couldn't get Jesus to doubt who he was, so he tried to distract him. And he said to him, all these things I'll give you if you will fall down and worship me. He couldn't get Jesus to doubt who he was, so he tried to attract him with the things of the world, get distractions to get God off his purpose. And that shows me right there, guys, when you know who you are, the enemy comes to you, and he can't get you to doubt who you are, who God's called you to be. He'll try to distract you with the things of the world. But then Jesus got on him, and Jesus said, he, uh, he called him out by name, Away from me, Satan, for it's written, Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. So that means sometimes, guys, you need to call those things out that's coming against you. You spirit of the devil, I bind you in the name of Jesus Christ. You spirit of fear, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus Christ. You spirit of guilt, you spirit of depression, I bind you, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus Christ. Kick it and tell it to get out of here. Call it by name, those things that plague you. Tell it to get out of here. In Jesus' name. The second thing the enemy uses against us, guys, is distractions. Distractions is our pallbearers to our hopes and dreams. Anytime anything catches your eyes outside of the timing and the will of God, it's a distraction for your life, guys. When God gives you a purpose and a destiny, focus on it. Go after it. Don't get distracted by the things on the left or the right. Focus on what God has for you. Distractions is a tool the enemy causes um, to use against you, to cause you to miss out on your purpose and plan and destiny that God has for you. Distractions will destroy your purpose. 2 Samuel 11 and 2 says this. One evening, David got up from his bed and he walked around the rooftop of the palace. And from the roof, he saw a beautiful woman bathing. The woman was very beautiful. And it goes on to say that this woman came over. They slept together. She conceived, and, and David tried to hide this, and he couldn't hide it. And so he had the man put on the front line, and he was killed, and it, and it angered God. And the Bible says, of this distraction, the sword would never leave David's house because he got his eyes off of what he should have been doing, and he started looking at other things, guys. Distractions. Church, keep your eyes on what God has for you, his plan, his focus for your life. That way you don't get caught up in distractions. Proverbs 4 and 25 in the message says this, keep your eyes straight ahead. Ignore all sideshow distractions. See, guys, when you know your purpose, when you know your plan, what God has for you, when things come against you or when things come on the side of you to try to distract you, you can say, no, get out of here because that doesn't line up with God's purpose. That doesn't line up with God's plan for my life. When a church knows its purpose and its plan, it doesn't have to do everything else that every other church is doing because you know what God wants you to do. You don't have to get distracted by things in the world. Distractions. Matthew 14 and 25 tells the story of Peter walking on the water. 25, it says, During the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went out to them walking on the lake. And when the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, he said. And he cried out in fear, but Jesus immediately said to him, Take courage, it's I. Don't be afraid. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come on the water. Come, he said. Then Peter got down out of the boat, and he walked on the water, and he came to Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and began to sink and he cried out, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus reached out his hand and he caught him. Peter got his eyes off the Lord and he saw the wind. The wind, guys, represents distractions in our life, natural things in our life. You don't wake up one morning and say, I'm, I don't love God. 
Things happen. You allow things to catch your eye that begin to pull you away from God's call and purpose on your life. You just don't wake up one morning and cheat on your wife or cheat on your husband. You allow things to catch your eye that begins to pull your heart away from what God's given you. You don't stop going to church one morning, guys. It starts with distractions that the enemy brings in our lives. Simple distractions. Bills, kids, schooling, jobs, busyness. Just natural things. I believe it's the number one thing the enemy is using nowadays to people that cause them to miss out on their purpose in God. Is distractions. See, we focus, we get focused and caught up in the cares of life. See, guys, good intentions will never get you to your destiny. You have to plan on serving God. You have to plan on going to church. You have to be determined to go. I'm determined to go to church. I'm disciplined to go to church. I'm disciplined to read. I'm disciplined to pray. The Christian walk is a walk of discipline. You have to learn to discipline yourself so you don't get distracted by things of the enemy, guys. You have to reach your destiny. You have to be disciplined. Stay focus. Hebrews 12 says this. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and the perfecter of our faith. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus. Distractions will cause you to get your eyes off Jesus. It'll cause you to lose your passion for Christ. It'll cause you to begin to look in other areas. It will cause you to miss out on God's destiny for your life, guys. First Corinthians says this. This is Apostle Paul. I'm saying this for your benefit, not to place restrictions on you. I want you to do whatever will help you serve the Lord best with as few distractions as possible. Serve the Lord best, but with as few distractions. Because distractions, guys, will destroy God's purpose for your life, his plan for your life. It will keep you from reaching the promised land that God has for you. Don't let distractions keep you from the purpose of God. Recognize the tools of the enemy, guys. The third thing the enemy uses against us is guilt. To keep you from your destiny. To keep you from your purpose. To keep you from that promised land that God has for you. You can't let the past guilt, shame, and condemnation keep you in a place where God can't use you. Remembering the things you went through. Remembering the things you've done. The enemy will always bring up your past, your sins, your screw-ups, your mess-ups. Just the, the carnage you caused in your life to keep you in a place of non-service, to keep you from reaching your destiny. The Bible says in Romans 3 and 2, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. We're all equal at the foot of the cross, guys. There's no big eyes and little U's in church. We've all sinned and messed up. Stop letting the enemy keep you in a place of non-service because of guilt and shame in your life, because of your past. The Lord wiped it away. It's washed under the blood. He doesn't remember it no more. Don't let the past keep you from your future. Don't let your hang-ups and your guilt keep you from what God has for you. Staying in that place of guilt and condemnation. It will destroy your future, what God has for you. The Bible says in Philippians 3.13, Forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead, I press forward the goal to the prize of the outward call of God of Christ. So you've got to forget what's been past, what you've done in your past, the things you've done. And you've got to press on. You've got to have your focus. You've got to press for what God's got for you in your future. See, church, some of you go to step out in your calling, and the first voice you hear is a voice of guilt saying, who do you think you are? You can't do that. Who do you think you are? 
You want to work with kids? Your kids themselves are still on drugs. Who do you think you are? You want, you want to work in the nursery? You've had an abortion. Who do you think you are? You, you think they're going to let you work in the church? You've been in prison. They're going to laugh at you. You're a joke. Guilt. Condemnation. Shame. The enemy tries to put it on you to keep you from fulfilling what God has for you. God's forgot all that stuff. When it's under the blood, he remembers it no more. It's gone, guys. Romans 8 1 says this, Therefore, there is now no condemnation to those who are in Christ. You are a new creature in Christ, guys. John 8 tells the story of a lady caught in adultery. It says, Teacher of the law, the Pharisees brought in a woman caught in adultery, and they made her stand up before the group, and they said to Jesus, Teacher, this woman was caught in the act of adultery. In the law, Moses commands us to stone the woman. What do you say? They were using this question to trap him and to have bases to for accusing him. But Jesus bent down and he started to write on the ground with his finger. And when he kept on questioning him, he straightened up and said to them, If any of you are without sin, let you be the first to throw the stone at her. Then he stooped down and he began to write again. So they come up and they're accusing her. And Jesus says, you without sin cast the first stone. And it pricks their heart. It convicts them. They, they drop it and they go away. And then the Lord tells the lady, lady, where's your accusers? And she says, I have none. And he says, I accuse you neither. In other words, he goes, go and sin no more. Guys, Jesus comes to take away the guilt, the condemnation. He's not here to condemn you. He's here to love you, to show you his plan, his purpose for your life, guys. Jen, if you want to come back on up. Talking about guilt, guys, this lady had it all. This lady had all three. She was caught in the very act of adultery. And she was standing before them, being condemned. But Jesus forgave her, told her to sin no more. He came to take away our shame, our guilt, guys. Not put it on you. Get rid of it. Recognize when the enemy's putting guilt and shame on you. That's not from God. That's the enemy trying to stop your purpose, your plan, and your destiny. Jesus said in John 3, 17, For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that through him might be saved. Guys, don't let guilt keep you from moving forward. Don't let it keep you from your purpose, your promised land. Move, you, uh, move past your past, guys. There's a lot of people that get stuck in their past. You have to move past your past. They've been you know, going to church for 30 years or, or whatever, but they've always been stuck, and they can't ever get past their past. Things that's happened to them because they, they listen to the voice of guilt and condemnation, and Christ came to take that off you, not for you to live in it. Don't listen to the lies of the enemy, guys. Claim your promise. God has a purpose and a destiny for you. God has given us a supernatural calling to go out and to touch people's lives, to reach people, to change their lives, because we serve a supernatural God, because he loves us, and he's commissioned the church to love people, just like we're going to do next week and go out and hand out food and, and the things we're trying to do, because we want to love people. We want people to realize you don't have to stay in a, bla- a place of guilt and condemnation and shame. Jesus came to save you, to give you life, to change your life, to give you a plan and purpose, new life in Christ. Know who you are in Christ today, guys. Know what God has done for you. 
what, he, what he's given you. He's given you the keys to the kingdom. He's given you a promised land. You have to just reach out and receive it. The Bible says in Romans 8, 34, if God be for us, who can be against us? I can talk a lot about a lot of these things, guys, because I've lived them. I've sat for years on a bench in guilt and fear and doubt, and I've listened to the enemy lie to me. You ain't good enough. Who are you? Who do you think you are? And it robbed me for years of my life. And then one day, guys, I finally, you know, I, I said, God, I don't want to be robbed. I want what you have for me. I want the promised land. I want the future you have for me. But guess what? I had to step out. I had to face the giants, guys. And God, guys, God wants you to face your giants today. If you've been here and you've been listening to the lies of the enemy, you've been listening to the words of the enemy, tell them to shut up. I want to pray with you today. And if you've been distracted by the things of the world that's keeping you from your promise, that's keeping you from your purpose, that's keeping you from the things that God has for you, I want to pray with you today because there's distractions, guys. They're not worth what God has for you. They don't even compare. And if you're here today, guys, and you've been struggling with guilt, that's a tool of the enemy. Don't listen to it. It's a lie. It's God don't even remember it no more. When the enemy brings it up, the Lord doesn't even know what he's talking about because he's put it under his blood. It's gone. So if you're here today and you've been struggling with that, I would like to pray with you. If you'd just like to pray at these altars, these altars are open. I get the worship of the prayer team to come up here. God loves you guys. And he wants you to take your promised land.